Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thanks so much for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. Did you know that as a member of Sense of Soul Patreon, you get ad-free episodes? You will also be able to join me in our monthly live circles, listen to my mini-series, and much more. And you will also be helping support this podcast so that I can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with amazing guests from around the world. You can also show me some love and rate, review, and subscribe from wherever you're listening. Now go grab your coffee. Open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us Brandon Beecham. Brandon is a thought leader, an entrepreneur, an author, a philosopher, and a truth seeker, and is the host of the Positive Head podcast which is one of the top spiritual podcasts on Apple with over 20 million downloads. Brandon speaks openly and candidly about the ultimate nature of reality. His charisma and enthusiasm is infectious, and his unique approach to distill profound wisdom into practical grounded advice is refreshing and empowering. And Brandon is joining us today to tell us about his book, The Golden Key, Modern Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance. This book is amazing. I've been reading it over the past week and I love it, align with it, and I can't wait to hear more about it. So thank you, Brandon, so much for being with us. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Great to see you. Yes, great to see you as well. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to do so. You know what? We have a lot of similarities. I I sensed that, pun intended. You know, listening to a lot of your, you know, references to Gen X. So, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. 80s. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, being a human in general is amazing. And I feel like what an interesting time we were born. Like, we got to see computers come into households and, you know, the internet and cell phones when we're like 20, early 20s, you know, it's like, I mean, imagine 50 (laughs) years from now, we're like, yeah, well, we saw it all like completely. Really? We came into it. Yeah. We're like the first latchkey kids. So mm-hmm. we were kind of like on our own. Mm-hmm. You ate fruity pebbles and had chicken nuggets <laughs> in the styrofoam box. And they were healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Pop-Tarts had vitamins and minerals, for God's sake. (laughs) shit. One Gen X thing that I talk about a lot is Labyrinth, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny. My son is obsessed with David Bowie. Really? I love that. He's an actor, and he got to audition for a part recently where it was like he got to play Bowie. That was like top of his list of characters he wants to play. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you live? Uh, I'm in Venice beach in LA. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that so where you're from? And, I'm from Virginia originally, but I've been in California, you know, 20 some years and we run a co-living space and I did retreats. Fans of my podcast would come and spend a week on retreat, three out of four weeks a month. And then we were filming oh. a late night style show called Optimistic. After COVID, I just switched to co-living and we do our own events pretty regularly. And it's a really yeah. special spot. It's sort of a vortex for transformational community in LA, yeah. I would say, you know. So how long have you had your podcast or uh, Optimist or which came first? This came first because the podcast, okay. uh, Positive Head came first and Optimistic, we filmed 17 episodes and uh, Positive Head, we've done 
almost to 2000. So wow. podcast. since 2015, wow. five days a week, a couple of years ago, my friend Erica started doing two of the days and nice. I do three. And so, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, yes, it, it is a pleasure to have you. And I'm excited to talk about some of your philosophies and theories that you've learned throughout your journey. Likewise. So by the end of this, hopefully we'll all figure out how to be the key master. Yeah, hopefully, if we're mm-hmm. lucky. Yeah. Which I definitely want to talk about synchronicities. I love synchronicities. I have a lot of those to share. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. I'm sure you do So, too. you know, mm-hmm. talking about synchronicity, when I was listening to your book this morning, I think Mm -hmm. I was on like chapter seven or eight Mm -hmm. and I got two texts while I was listening. So I decided to check them and they both are listeners, by the way. And one had a reference to the Beatles and the other one had a link that I should check out. And it was about the matrix, which we dream in. And and I was literally listening to you like right then, right. I mean, I think it was still even on and you were, you made a reference to the Beatles and you had just got done talking about the reality that we're in mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, it being like sources dream and that mm-hmm. we're all kind of a part of it. So yeah. I thought I was like, oh, of course that happens. It never me ends. It never all day. Ends. <laughs> yes. Me too. It used to me be too. like, whoa. And now it's like, oh yeah. This is life. Yeah. I'm with part you. Of it. Just to start off, Brandon, like, how did you come into this? Were you born this way? I'd love to hear your story and love to know if you had, you know, little He-Man pajamas watching cartoons in the morning, (laughs) thinking about, you know, the universe. I think it was more like He-Man underwear, um, but Mm -hmm. close enough, you know. Yeah. So backstory, essentially, I was raised very conservative Christian in a very conservative Christian household in Virginia and you know, I went to a Christian college, um, ended up getting kicked out, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and around uh, early 20s, I met someone who claimed to have some psychic ability, intuitive ability, and I was very intrigued. I, I saw her do some things that I couldn't quite explain, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is interesting. So it intrigued me enough. At the time, this is like, you know, what, probably 95 ish, 1995. So I start checking out books on, you know, astral projection and in, in psychic ability. And I can only imagine because it was my dharmic path to do what I do that it just clicked so much so that I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I remember one of the books I read early on too was Conversations with God trilogy. Now it ended up nine books. I actually just had Neil Donald Walsh on my show a few weeks ago. Did and, you? That was, and that was like a top desire manifestation of having, you know, I got to have Neil on. And then a few weeks later, Mike Dooley, who does notes from the universe. So I'm like, okay, this is a good month for me. I get to talk to God and the universe is proxy, (laughs) you know? So conversations with God was definitely very impactful. And I'm like, you know, taking in all this information and these perspectives on the ultimate nature of reality and who we are and how we're one with the source consciousness that creates and animates all things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, this is how it's structured. It's so elegant and beautiful. And it's like that clear cognizance of like, I know, like, I know, like, I know this is true. I can feel it. I can, and then started having my own things happen that were like synchronistic or spiritual breadcrumbs or, you know, kind of like supernaturally, you know? And so it was just confirmations for me at that time. And then I was just lit up about it. I'm like, this is, you know, pre social media and everything. So you didn't really have direct lines to people, you know, 
Like yeah, I just got to hang out with Neil Donald Walsh. I couldn't, you couldn't even find a way to contact him back then, you know? And so it was like, I was sort of an island back then of like, I would talk about the stuff to whoever would listen and people would either be like, hmm, that's a very interesting perspective or what are you smoking? You know, and, and they'd go about their regular scheduled programming, their regular life. But for me, I was just super lit up to share and talk about it. And then from there, it's a journey. It's one thing to understand these ideas at a basic level, you know, at a core level, like, okay, I'm God experiencing herself through this avatar and you're mm -hmm. me, you are, that's the consciousness that animates my form is the consciousness that animates your form. The separation between us is illusory in nature. It's one thing to understand that. And then it's another thing to apply it as the core operating system. As a very fiery person, it's been quite the journey practicing what I preach, so to speak. And yeah. it's like Mike Tyson said it very well. He's like, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's like, that's really been a lot of the journey for me is like getting better and better at actually walking the talk. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, 2015, I launched the Positive Head podcast. And that was the first time I started, you know, if you listen to episode one, and we're almost to 2000 episodes now, it's, uh, you'll hear me say, I, I had to find an outlet. So my poor friends and yeah. family's ears don't bleed from hearing me talk about this stuff so much. I understand so. that. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Did you have to go through a period of grieving, you know, who you were in your religion or did that just kind of just really fly away? I never, I've always been so fiercely independent. Like I, I'll use my, I have a brother who's two years younger than me. And for mm -hmm. him, it was a more challenging transition. He, you know, the dogma that was sort of instilled in us and the perspectives that were instilled in us my father, his his own father was sort of abusive to him, you know, and so in to him as he found religion when I was like 11 years old or so, it's like, oh, yeah, this is how the father behaves. Like, if you don't get it right, he's going to he's going to beat you, <laughs> you know, you're going to go <laughs> to hell for eternity and get tortured. And so my brother being maybe more sensitive than me in some regards or taking things mm -hmm. on and more you know, I think for him, there was a, a little bit harder of a transition to like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get tortured forever for defying the, yeah. the ultimate father, you know? And for right. me, it was like, as soon as I saw anything outside that made any sense, that made more sense as my own perspectives and maturing took place and getting mm -hmm. into my early twenties, getting more independent, more like, hold on, what do I think about things? And I was seeing stuff that didn't add up to me, you know, like the math doesn't make sense. God is love. Right. And yet, you know, if you get it wrong, you know, he tortures you forever. Like, but I love you. It's like, hold yeah. on. I, I always, to this day, ask religious people, if we ever get in some sort of a back and forth, healthy debate, if you will, me yeah. and my dad do that sometimes still. And it's like, uh, well, let me ask you a question. You know, would you agree that you are a fraction, a small speck of love compared to the amount of love that is God source, higher self, God, you know, God, when you're talking to a religious person, mm -hmm. right? And they, oh yeah, God is love to the nth degree. I mean, you, you are, you know, we are a fraction of that love. Gotcha. So let me ask you as a fraction of the love that God is with your own child, if they were to do something and get it wrong, is there anything they could do wrong where you would torture them for eternity? I've never had anyone say yes. And then they kind of like, uh, 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 and I'm like, okay, so if you wouldn't torture them for eternity and you are a fraction of the love that God is. So what you're saying is if you become infinitely more loving 
then torture makes sense. It doesn't make sense at your level. God, right. that that doesn't make sense to or me. Or to at cause all. genocide on an entire culture, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, right, some right. you know, and I think that for me it was like when I read the Bible with more awakened eyes, you know, with new eyes and being right. very present with the word and thinking, well, I never heard this before. I've yeah. never read this before. Right, right, right. Things that make you yeah. go, hmm. First off, the Bible, it's a bunch of writings that are put together and then have went through many people's hands and at times been like, you know, edited and whatever. And and even now, if, if I go into the next room and I say something in front of three people, right? And it's not recorded like this. And then you ask them tomorrow, what did Brandon say individually? (laughs) Probably get three different answers. This was driven home for me big time in business. So I had, you know, business that was an Inc. fastest growing private company. It went from me to a hundred plus employees. And uh, I brought in a sort of a big wig who had big exits, taking a company from a million a year in sales to a billion, you know, many years in to my own, uh, the company I started is growth because he was going to get us to the next level and, and help us to exit and all those things. And I learned a lot from him. Uh, and one of the things I remember a, a lesson he, he shared with me is we'd have meetings and he goes, okay, everyone, we're done with this meeting. Everyone email me what you heard. And it was shocking to Whoa. see how people heard what they wanted to hear or what they, you know, through their own lens. This is like human nature for us to do this sort of thing. So let's take, if I say something and then tomorrow we get different answers. What about 30 years later, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, you know, there was no recording devices that I know of and it's quoting Jesus verbatim, like, I don't know. But even some of those quotes, like I and the father are one, Lest you become like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, there's a lot of great wisdom. You know, even when he was put on trial, the way they quote Jesus in front of Pontius Pilate, I believe it was, who's like, okay, what do you have to say for you? You're saying you're God. It's the same thing I'm saying. And a lot of us are saying. He said, do as I do. Yeah. He literally was trying to tell everybody. I'm the example of what you all should be and do. Yeah. You'll do greater things than I, he said to his disciples. Like, you know, know. he's washing their feet. He's not saying I'm better or worship me. He wasn't a Christian, you know? And and so he stood in front of Pontius Pilate and they, they quoted him in front of Pontius Pilate as saying, you know, Pontius Pilate says, we're going to, we're, you're on trial because you're claiming you're God and that's Mm -hmm. blasphemy. And he says, supposedly uh, isn't it written in the old text talking about the old testament ye are gods plural plural ye are gods so literally his last defense was hold on but even the old thing you the old books you follow yeah. says ye all of you yeah. are gods that was his de- line okay. of defense you know yeah. and then we've taken it and like turned it into put him on a pedestal and worship him and he's the pathway through you know i yeah. believe Jesus was a man. Mm-hmm. He, he isn't coming back. Christ consciousness is an energy that is yeah. flooding the planet at the moment, where it, which is why you have lots of people sharing messages like this, you yeah. know? It, so right. that's when he yeah. said, when he talked about the, the prophecy part of, you know, coming back and that's the differentiation, I think. And then like, I always tell people who have not read like any of the Gnostic gospels. I mean, Jesus was a freaking Zen master. I mean, the shit that he taught in the Gnostic Gospels, we only know a small, like a fourth of him in the Bible. I mean, he was wicked, full of allegorical (laughs) stories that'll just 
fuck your head for days. <laughs> I mean, amazing. I love the way you, yeah, I love the way you're describing it right now. It was uh, unexpected and uh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> but really, truly, it, it's amazing. This is far more deeper than, you know, I ever thought. And I learned so much. And so that's why I got totally stuck in it. And some people would say, maybe I went down the deep rabbit holes of it, but really it wasn't really that it's actually just become my new Jesus who I've learned from. There's a great book, not very well known. My friend knows the author and that's how I came about it. His dad was good friends with this guy. His name is G.W. Harding. He wrote a book called The Messengers. And you can actually, I haven't looked in a while, but you can download it for free on his website. So The Messengers and you spell Harding, H-A-R-D-I-N. Yeah, so I checked this book out and it's supposedly a guy who he was doing like hypnosis or something for some ailment or something. And he had a full-blown recollection of his life as Paul the Apostle. And when I think of past life stuff, I mean, it's all us. So it's sort of like Mm -hmm. degrees of separation. Yeah, this gets into my whole philosophy on how we incarnate in avatars. I believe we play all the roles ultimately at Mm -hmm. some point. So whether he did or didn't, I don't know, you know, but he wasn't, he was very like, I don't want to share this with the world. He's a successful businessman, but ended up putting it in a book and it's his firsthand account from the time he met Jesus till the time he died. And and it's fascinating. I mean, it's a great story and a great read. And I can say for me as a sort of validator that there's some truth to it in the books, he would have at 444 AM, which is supposedly like the angelic frequency would have crazy Mm -hmm. downloads or angels would appear in his room. And, and so I had some really trippy stuff around that after reading the books myself. Really, really wild stories. Yeah. I'll share it with you. My friend was over and I just read the book. So I'm like, this book is fascinating. It's firsthand account of Jesus, supposedly. And, yeah. you know, angels would appear to him when he wasn't under hypnosis at 4.44 a.m. That's the angelic frequency, supposedly. And, yeah. and they would communicate through electricity. And as I'm telling it to my friend, the alarm goes off in my house at like midnight. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. And I'm like, oh, it was a smoke alarm. And so I went, no one's cooking, nothing's happening. I'm like, uh, what? I thought maybe my son had burned a pizza or something. And then we were up really late that night. It was like three in the morning. And then someone tagged me on social media, something about angels. And I was like, whoa, I just got tagged something about angels now. And it went off again. Wow. Such is validation. Then there was more. Someone soon thereafter, she came to visit from Texas and she's like, oh, I didn't sleep at all last night. These beans were yelling to me. You're on the 444 frequency all night. I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) And I'm like, I do. Then, I mean, I live with someone here at the the Mystic Manor, the co-living space, me and my partner manage in LA and she moved in and we had all kinds of crazy synchronicity stuff. She has 444 tattooed on her wrist. It's been like on and on and on. Oh my God, you sound just like me. I could go on. I know you could go on forever because they just go on. They're so crazy. They All of them are as good as the other. I know yeah. they really but are. You know what? Here's not really a synchronicity, but a similarity. So I had Rena Kumar Singham. She's a past life regressionist. She came out on our podcast early on. She wrote a book. Well, several. She wrote like a series. Okay. And this woman has no idea about Christianity. Her family's Indian rooted. And so over five years, she had different clients that talked about being there in the times of Jesus and knowing Jesus. Wow. And none of them knew each other. Some of them weren't even Christian and we're all telling like this story. And she was like, is this true? I don't know. You know, I don't know anything about Jesus. So she did a study academically on Jesus and she was like, holy shit, the stuff they're saying is true. And it all was telling like this other narrative. 
Wow. There's some of that with the messengers. Like I said, the guy who authored the book, who was there for the sessions, I believe, if I'm recalling GW Harden, he was like a good friend of my friend's dad. He knew him his whole life growing up and he, and they had some similar thing where there's quite a few of them in their circle where they all started recalling different connections. When you were talking about maybe the different layers of your avatar, you know, that make up, you know, all these different souls that maybe make up your avatar or make up really the essence of who you are. I feel like in this life, we have evolved to a higher place. We don't know, you know, yep, we're, right. we're starting all over. So we have to evolve back into maybe a closer place to where we were maybe the last life. Are you thinking that, you know, as we come in to the next life, are we putting ourselves into hopefully a place where we'd be able to evolve quicker than the life before? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, I can't speak for certain on any of these things, but yeah. uh, I have very strong theories uh-huh. and uh, on them. And I actually reference this in my book, The Golden Key. I reference this short story called The Egg. I highly recommend it. I forget the author's name. It's a very, you can read it in a few minutes. Or if you go to YouTube, there's a great, actually, there's a few people that have made it into a little film, you know, oh, short yeah. film, like 10 minutes or whatever. The one where God is a woman, I really like, you know, there's two of them out there, but very well done, actually. I, I highly recommend it. And basically the premise is very similar to my own theory. And it's like, so we break off, I believe, from source and we say, okay, we want to individuate into a, a soul pod of sorts, you know, and, and, you know, the book journey of souls, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. It sort of kind of supports this. And that's where they, this guy did tons of past life regression in between lives for, you know, decades and case studies. And he's very scientific approach, very, very good books, um, journey of souls and destiny of souls, I think is the other. So think about it like this. We're, we are source. We're one with source. And we say, okay, we want to, we want to do something different. We want to individuate and sign a contract for a journey called physicality in human life. And what I believe we've done is we then wrote the story of 3D existence, you know, beyond what our little minds can even fathom. You know, think about it even beyond just human existence, but even beyond perhaps. But, you know, we'll just use earth for now. It's, it's, It's enough to wrap our minds around. Now think about having eternity in front of you. So no time, infinite time to do it all and saying, okay, I'm going to start out at the beginning and evolve my way through. And because time doesn't exist and it's all happening in the eternal now, all the stories have been written. It's all happening on a different channel right now. We're just not tuned into it. And it's like a divine dichotomy. Time doesn't exist. It's true. And time exists when you're within this realm. That's true. It's a relative truth, depending on the vantage point from which you're speaking. Mm -hmm. So There's a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those. So you and I are separate. True. You and I are one. True. What vantage point from which are we speaking? And so now the soul goes on the adventure and starts perhaps as a, you know, amoeba or whatever. It lives that life back and it just keeps upgrading. Okay. Now we've evolved to human. We've evolved enough to become experienced human. Now you're at the beginning of the human journey, which is, you know, a whole nother um, thing. And yeah. so when you see the person down the road, who's killing someone right now, perhaps, and mm-hmm. obviously very less evolved in their perspectives, that's just a younger human. So you get to the point where you cross back over and it says, great job. You just lived another life. Now your soul is advanced and evolved enough 
to experience, uh, it's a vibrational match for the character arc, story arc of Shanna or Brandon or, you know, or maybe you're, you get options. Hey, you could be Brandon this time around, or there's this, you know, Viking in, in a yeah. different time. That's yeah. actually a very yeah. close vibrational match to where you're at in your own evolution at this moment. Yeah. So then you drop into that story arc. Now that story arc itself, there's a lot of potential Brandon's timelines, right? There's probably not one from this seat forward though. There is some limitation, I would say to some degree, because there's probably not one where I go audition for the Los Angeles Lakers and they make me the center of next year's team, right? <laughs> Age or height are not, or skill set are not <laughs> intact for that. You drop into that avatar and there's a certain potentiality within that avatar's journey. I, you know, yeah. Brandon's born in a certain place. He's not going to ever be born as, you know, a Portuguese man. Uh, he's, you know, whatever. And yeah. so you get to play all the roles. And it's like in the egg, you know, as God is talking to this man that had just crossed back over and explaining mm -hmm. how you play every character. And then right. you've grown enough, evolved enough and experienced enough to be born mm -hmm. to your godhood or the next level, okay. whatever's up the next one. there. Right, there's, like, then there's that's another the layer. So you mean all of existence is an egg? <laughs> you know, it's like literally we're just experiencing enough to go to the next level of the game. Right. And it's really intense to think about playing every character. But, you know, right. I look at it like, you and I talked a little bit, I think is before we were recording, I have a lot of synchronicity with my birthday. It's, it's mm -hmm. July 28th. It's my dad's birthday. My grandmother's birthday. Great grandmother died on that day. Ex-business partner who is the villain in my book, uh, reference him as part of my hero's journey tale, his baby mama yeah. and grandmother, July 28th. And it's like, like, I'll take my dad. He's a great example. He's door knocked. Uh, he's mid seventies. And up until COVID, mm -hmm. he would door knock every Saturday to invite people to his church. We're both very committed spiritually. Yeah, his yeah. is based in fear. And I want to avoid God, father tormenting me. And it's like, very, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's like, it's a less evolved version of what God is. And it's like, okay. oh, I feel like his name is Roger. I, I feel like my soul in this avatar currently probably already played Roger. Might just did. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. younger soul. It's a long, right. younger avatar. And then, yeah. but but I'll move on from Brandon to something else. Roger, mm -hmm. the soul that's currently in Roger will have an opportunity to drop into Brandon. And you right. know what I mean? And yeah. on and on it goes. And it's like yeah. my, my, my business partner that betrayed me and now is my friend again. And I probably already played that role. And then I right. got the experience. So it's, it's a yeah. very great perspective on how yes. we are at all. You know, right. when yeah. I was in Roger, maybe there's another Brandon, a soul and Brandon that I'm very closely connected to on the infinite tree of source. You know, right. if it's all one, then you happen to have branches with leaves that are floating in yeah. eternity, you I know, like, next to each like other that are closer related in a sense, you know, than, right. than like the more other of your soul of family yeah, yeah. or you support each other in some way, who knows? Right. All the experiences and things that I had come to know to be true for my soul anyways it was like there was part of me through all of this where you know maybe this information is always around us and me just grabbing at it like it's in my field and so I'm going to grab this information it's already there so it's for me to remember you know really connect with the vibration or frequency of what I need right now yeah. and I think that what I've seen is that some people become so overwhelmed. Yeah. So I needed space. 
in that space, I was able to connect with what was in my field and bring it in gently. It was very interesting. I don't know if you can feel what I'm saying, but there was times where I felt it was too much. And so I was rejecting it, repelling it. And Mm -hmm, I was just mm -hmm. more focusing on other people's journeys and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then like all of a sudden, like all of this wisdom started to come in and I needed space to just really, truly let it absorb into my being. Yeah, I I totally hear you. I heard it said, like, if you had the full Kundalini upgrade, full expansion all at once, it would, you know, you're an electrical system. You would fry your system. It's like being plugged into a light socket with way too much voltage. So for us to be able to expand and become more and hold more Mm -hmm. knowledge, wisdom, energy flowing through us as a conduit, there's a process to making that yeah. doable or you'll blow, you could get blown out essentially, I think. So, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like growth in general. It's like, you yeah. know, there can be growing pains. It's like, sure. you know, you kind of stretch and then it, yeah. and then once you've stretched yourself, your system acclimates to it. There's examples of this, let's say, oh, I, I'm going to start giving talks in front of large groups of people. At first, it's like your nervous system is like a wreck. Yep. And then you acclimate and your nervous system acclimates. And so yes. you've stretched your capacity in a certain yeah. way. Right. And so I think that's very much the same with a lot of the spiritual wisdom. And there's someone who might have yep. just heard the perspective that I just shared on how we incarnate in bodies, you know, and it really clicks for them as like, oh my gosh, that makes so yeah. much sense. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's almost like shocking to your system a little bit. I mean, have you ever seen these images of what we actually are, just our nervous system? It's like eyeballs with like yeah, the strings right. of like an electrical system. I also had a bunch of ancestral stuff that I needed to actually acknowledge in this life. It was once I was able to acknowledge it, like really free it and it and it stopped with me and and my future lineages then i kind of was able to move more into a higher spiritual place but it's so i mean we have not just ancestral stuff we have stuff you know just all throughout our lives or childhood and like healing those things was creating like the space for me to receive more light more light mm-hmm. right as yeah, soon as right. i got rid of stuff like i was able to receive and i had space to carry that light yeah yeah and it's part of it is clearing energy encoded in our DNA is of course, you know, we're carrying our ancestral, you know, stuff forward, uh, all of us. And, you know, it's kind of like we passed the baton to one another, took it as far (laughs) as I could. Here's the DNA, your turn. Discovering all these things in myself. I was like, holy crap. No one's ever even known about this, let alone acknowledged it or or tried to heal it. And really, do you feel that, oh, I feel in my journey, awareness is like the number one thing, whether you you have awareness of, you know, where you came from, whether you have awareness in a conversation or your pain or that you are more than a meat soup. Yeah. I think being, yeah, constantly aware, you know, the way I try and view my reality is, um, I think the more we can take, um, you know, it's like Don Miguel Ruiz in the four agreements says one of them is don't take anything personally, take nothing yeah. personally. And I think that's a, a good example of relative truths or divine dichotomy because it's a totally agree with it from one perspective. From another, I could make an argument that everything is personal. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is that when you st- when you take on the vantage point of take nothing personally, like if it's all feedback, 
right? Everything is your, whether it's in your physical body, mm-hmm. whether it's external, it's mm-hmm. all reflecting everywhere you go. You're there waiting for yourself. So it's always Mm -hmm. reflecting you back to you in some way, shape or form. So, you know, a a great example of taking something personal or not, if I were to, you know, come and slap you in the face, right? You could tell a story. I think the story we tell around things is the most important thing. Uh, I I often say the only thing I'm good at is making up stories about myself. I don't believe in getting sick or whatever. And and, and a lot of times we can make up bad stories. And if you're good at making up good stories, abracadabra translates to (laughs) I create as I speak and our words are our wands, we're spelling, we're casting spells. And so, so if I came and I slapped you, you can tell two different stories uh, that come to mind. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Brandon abused me. I'm a victim of abuse. I'm, I've been violated, traumatized, all of the energy that goes with that story or the most impersonal way you can make it. There was a hand, it was 72 degrees in the room. A hand struck my cheek. There was a stinging sensation. It, it you know, so completely right, yeah. like, it's just a, right. an event that yeah. happened in the universe without right. the story attached to it. It is a very different impact energetically in our heart, mind, soul, you know, body. And so I found the more I can make it about feedback, showing me something about me, you know, this Mm -hmm. idea it's happening for me, not to me. Okay. I might not want to be slapped in the face or hurt my, you know, hand or whatever happened. And then, but instead of like this disempowering way of looking at it, it's like, Oh, okay. Why, why did I track this? What, what is this showing me about myself? What can I learn from it? Why did the guy flip me off on the road? Is it to, maybe it's to test my own resolve, not to get into a reactive state. And it's Mm -hmm. like conversations with God says, I've sent you nothing but angels. It's all happening to, you know, smoothies Mm -hmm. never made for a skilled sailor. And we all came to be skilled sailors. So Mm -hmm. if you think of it in this, I want to grow, I want to stretch, I want to become more. Okay. Well, sometimes that's going to involve tension in your perspective. So it's, it's actually happening for the greater good at the highest perspective. And if you can take away the personal piece of it, it's easier to part. Yeah, yeah. that's right. You know, that also made me think about my son who is, um, 19 and he's also he's on the spectrum and his mm. perception is so different he's very literal yep. and so my older kids it's like my nephew thought, I wish that I could be like Ethan you know he doesn't give a fuck about what he's wearing every day he don't mm-hmm. care about what people think about him what he's gonna yep. be when he grows up he just is yep. he's just in this piece that we all wish that we were because of all the stories that we were told yeah, yeah. Were well, and, he, and he's reflecting that too everyone who's impacted by him as this is an example. And this is an extension of you. This is a a perspective. Mm -hmm. If you see benefit in it, you know, a lot of times we get into comparison, I believe in a negative way, like, oh my gosh, I'll never be like them. They have more followers or they're so good looking, whatever. And instead of that story, the story Mm -hmm. I tell is, oh my gosh, this thing I want more of is so close to me that Mm -hmm. out of the billions of things vying for my precious attention. This is the thing that's a close enough vibrational match that's in my face, right? Instead of I'll never have what they have. It's like, oh my gosh, it's appearing here because I'm so close to embodying that. There's a great example of two different stories that give you very different results energetically. Yeah, I know. I think we also forget that our thoughts are energy. Like literally your thoughts are so powerful because they're energy. Everything about, you know, 
that yeah. is so huge yeah. that you would, you know, all of the things that are holding you back or these thoughts that are just energetically blocking you. Well, the opposite could be true. All of the amazing thoughts that you could manifest that could be true. And yep. so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mind fuck. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you know, really one of the synchronicities, you know, talking about awareness and like seeing synchronicities in your life, because I mean, like most of us, I think that they happen all around us, they're happening all day, mm. but we're so freaking busy, so crazy, but they have led me like literally, I mean, anytime I'm looking for something that I can't find, I'm like, you know, asking source or whatever by yourself you know, show, me, show me the way right you know I'm, i know i'm gonna find it if i look so show yeah. me you know i would love for you to tell the story about the demiurge painting uh, and uh -huh. because it was so powerful and i was like oh my god we have to share this with our listeners but it's just a real tangible i feel example about how powerful that can be yeah yeah it's a great one you know i like to call them spiritual breadcrumbs so the Demiurge is a painting that a dear friend of mine, Vajra is his artist name, V-A-J-R-A. -A. He's an incredible visionary artist. So, so talented. And I am at an event and I, he's live painting this painting he, he named the Demiurge, which if you've never heard the term the Demiurge, it is according to Platonic philosophy, the Demiurge is the creator being that emerged from the void to bring order to the chaos of creation. Well, and our listeners would know that because I have told them Sophia was actually, the lesser Sophia was a creator of the Demiurge. Ah, interesting, interesting. So, you know, the <laughs> Demiurge in some perspectives, they view it even as a negative or dark entity. And w once again, what's the story that you tell? And my my friend yeah. Roger, what's interesting, he actually painted an inverse version. There's the Demiurge, which I, I own the original painting of at this point. I'm going to share that story. But he also painted an inverse of it. That I like darker. that. The brighter the light, the greater the yes. shadow it cast, right? So you need that. And so I saw this painting. I was very moved by it. It felt like yeah. that's a self-portrait, you know, like that's that's an extension of me in some way. I want to own this painting. So connected at the event, we talked a little bit. I got his number and reached out afterwards and said, you know, what would it take to buy this when you complete it? He's like, oh, $7,777 to buy the original. Not inexpensive, right? Um, and I, you know, at the Ouch. time, I didn't have an, an extra $7,777 that I was ready Perfect. to put into a piece of art that has no function except for looking right. really cool. Uh, and, and I was, I liked him. I liked the idea energetically of what it would stand for, for me to mm -hmm. support art in that way. And mm -hmm. yeah. what does this represent more abundance in my life? I have it to give. And so I said, you know, would you work with me and allow me to maybe make payments to you over time? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'd be open to that. I'd give you a print until, you know, it's a, well, no, actually I, I would want, if we're going to do that, I want the original. I want it next to me when I'm podcasting, or I want to see it every day. You know, the energy of the original is the original, right? He's like, well, I don't know about that. I, you know, we just met, I had a bad experience in the past, you know, with something like this, where he got kind of ripped off. The guy just ghosted him and took his work or yeah. he's like, so he's like, basically said, sorry, I can't do that. And I said, you know what? I completely understand. Um, what I will leave you with on this phone call is something that I've found in my own life when I really want 
guidance on whether something is a good idea or not, I'll ask for a sign, universe, God, higher self, consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I would, I'll specifically name if this happens within this time frame, then I'll take that as a yes. If this happens, then what? Then I'll take that as a no. And he's like, well, I'll consider that, you know, but kind of like, <laughs> you know, I didn't expect to hear from him again, really. Um, well, he did. He took that advice. He said, okay, this painting is very cosmic looking. The, the Demiurge painting Bajor did, uh, very cosmic. He's like, so I, I saw a UFO once years ago, and I'd like to have that experience again, he thought. So if I see a UFO within the next week or something, I'll take that as a sign that I should trust this guy and, you know, work out a payment plan with him. Week goes by, he doesn't see anything. About two weeks later, if I'm recalling, it was shortly after the time frame was up, he goes to and live paints at an event called Disclosure Fest that happens in LA. And it's like a free event and, you know, speakers and music and painters, you know, and vendors and which it's kind of the heart of it is disclosing the extraterrestrial life, whatever, like the theme of it. And while he's painting, someone comes up to him and goes, oh my gosh, a bunch of us just saw a UFO. I mean, he was painting. It was like right over his head and, and they took pictures of it. He showed me the pictures. They're wild. They're like I mean, very clear, weird shaped thing wow. in the sky. It was like weird cube like thing. And a lot of people saw it. He didn't see it, but it was taken right above his head by his painting. So he gets <laughs> thinking, he's like, well, shit, like this I, UFOs happened. I didn't see it personally. I saw it on the person's phone and it happened a little after the time frame. So I don't know. Well, meanwhile, my very close friend and a whole nother trippy story, how this person, yeah, his name is Shane. He's like a brother. And we found out we're related years later. We met and people told us, oh, you guys are going to be best friends. And then we hit it off. And then there was all the synchronicity. And then years later, That's we found out we're actually fifth cousins. Yeah. And anyway, Shane is pretty wealthy. And him and I had done actually an ayahuasca journey together that same day before a disclosure or something. Oh, wow. And so okay. I'm I'm hanging out with Shane afterwards and he shows me a painting that he's going to get. And I'm like, that looks like Vajra. And I'm like, oh, I was going to get this one from Vajra, but he didn't trust me. You know, he didn't know me. And Shane's like, oh, I know Vajra. Well, I'll talk to him. Like, you know, he had already, he'd known him for years and bought work from him before. And the next day, this thing at disclosure happened, Shane attends it. He runs into Vajra right after everything happens. And he, in, in Vajra's kind of like, oh, yeah. kind of seeing a UFO, like, and then Shane comes up and goes, Hey, by the way, um, my, my friend, friend yeah. Brandon is like a brother to me. You can totally trust him. I didn't even know this till years later. Shane even offered like, look, I'll just pay you for it and Aww. let him make payments to you. And like, don't even say anything to him about it. And so I didn't learn that till way later. So so all I heard was all of a sudden Vajra calls me back, said, hey, there's this UFO thing. Shane told me you're trustworthy. Let's do it. So wow. th that led to me and Vajra being great friends. Fast forward a couple of years and I set up the Mystic Manor, this co-living space, event center, uh, studio in LA where, you know, I'm filming my new video production, late night style show called Optimistic. And I reach out to Vajra and said, Hey, part of it, I'm going to do an opening monologue and, you know, the live audience and opening monologue and retreat guest and interviewee and music performance. And I want a visionary artist live painting while I'm doing the opening monologue. You know, all the great visionary artists in the world, would you mind helping me to book those out? And so he's like, absolutely. I'll help. 
and I'll be on episode one, you know? So episode cool. one taping of optimistic. If, if you go watch it, you can go to optimistic.tv oh, I want to. or on YouTube and you'll see Vajra live painting. I step over, I talk to him about his piece, then the interview and retreat guests and all the, the elements of the show. And the last thing is a musical performance Ooh. song by a woman named Magica Ohm. It was, you know, that would be the, the outro of the show. Well, because Vajra trusted me and we became good friends and, now, because of that, him and Imagica Ohm were my first two visionary artists and musical artists for the show. And they met that night and fell madly in love. No and way. That was, uh, what, in July 2019. On 11-11-2019, they got married at the Mystic Manor. And now they're very happily married. And so it's a great example of someone going from love and trust instead of fear and then what can open up for it. Uh, because of that, because of my willingness to buy this art that was way out of what I was wanting to spend, now I have art all over my house because he got all his friends to put it on commission like as a gallery. Wow. So I literally have like, you know, tons of visionary art, lots of originals, amazing stuff. It just led to so much abundance for, I mean, both of us, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a great example of love over fear uh, and what the gifts that come. His name is just one letter off of my last name. Oh, really? Yeah. That's his artist name. His real name is Eric Seister. But yeah, I mean, that's what he goes by is. Yeah, I just looked artist. up the painting. I don't know if this is it for sure, but the painting. Is it, is it very like blue and pink and yellow and. Yeah. And she's very like at the world. Yep. Yeah. 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 So the original yeah, is amazing. a few feet away from me, just outside of our. That's it's absolutely amazing. So that painting ended up being like the reason why he yeah. met his love of his life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh and my then, gosh, how and, amazing. And then he ended up coming and doing another epic painting with like three of his friends. They would just, they camped out in our backyard and just spent all day painting on the side of the house, like another really epic piece. That's so cool. But yeah, so another piece was actually created here. That was like, it's, it's pretty mind. That's amazing. Let me ask you, do you know other people who have had as many synchronicities and connected stories like this? Great question. I mean, you know, having interviewed many, many people on the show, I always ask, that's like a yeah. go-to question for me, a story of synchronicity, serendipity, or a positive paranormal story. Uh -huh. So I've heard a bunch of amazing yeah. stories. I, I'll say this. I know a lot of people, you know, very involved in sort of transformational community festival, transformational festival community. Yeah. Um, so I'm around, you know, people on this wavelength, mm -hmm. you know, in my physical life, virtual life with the podcast yeah. and everything. So, you know, I come across a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm channeling this entity. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. psychically intuitive and perceiving this. I'm a medium. A lot of I astral project every night when I sleep yeah. or, you know, I hear all these things. I mean, I have some intuitive things for sure that happen, but a lot of this is like aliens aren't sitting on the edge of my bed every night and talking to me. Yeah. I'm not getting ripped out of my body and going to some other dimension every night when I sleep that I remember mm. where, where I find that I am having a high level of experience is the spiritual breadcrumb stories like that one and sort of synchronicities for me seem to be more than most. Yeah. yeah, my friend, and I'd walk into a room and he'd be like, Mr. Synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, you know, I, you are one of the only other people that I know who has as much as I have. I mean, as, yeah. or as many. I yeah, mean, wow. because 
it's it pretty it's pretty insane i mean it, it never is. ends never and ends. Every so day. there's some that are just there's no freaking way it's impossible yeah. and so it like it's funny because the transition that I did have and the grief that I experienced in having that I lost my religion, you know, not sure what I believed in anymore. Right. I mean, my belief system, I didn't know I had to like recreate that. And I've really truly said, like, if I never believed in God before as much as I do now, I mean, I truly, you know what I mean? Like all yeah. full heartingly know there is something divine, you know, that is higher than I, I do believe I'm a part of that as well. Like you believe um, in your book that we are a part of that source. And believe, so, yeah. and none of us are really more special than others either. There may be these different levels of understanding, higher consciousness and whatnot, but we're all nothing's you know, more divine. The same parts. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, all not necessary. It, it's all necessary parts of the recipe for yeah. God to experience what it's seeking to experience. to experience. So we're all equal and all unique simultaneously. Yeah, I know. Another so, one of those things. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a tough one for people to really wrap their minds and hearts around is it's like the egg, you know, the guy's quizzing God in this, in the story. Yeah. So, so hold on, you're saying that I'm Hitler and everyone he killed. So you're saying I'm Gandhi and everyone he helped, yeah. you know? So yeah. there's no, it's all necessary for the story and the evolution that wants yeah. to be expressed and experienced to exist. So the person yeah. who you would ever judge, that's why I believe to the degree you judge is to the degree you are ignorant in a sense of what is going on. You know, it's like a, it's a relative. So I just want to say that I love your language. You have a very unique language of your own. I love your mm. words that oh, you've thank you. created. I think that's very unique. I, at first I was like, does he keep saying understanding? And I was like, wait, is he saying understanding wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like to say understanding when it's like a deep truth, you know, yeah. when you really yeah, get yeah. it at your core within when you really it's like oh yeah. I, I understand this on a deeper level I understand it yeah I love it because you know it's just so authentic like you are I I really appreciate you coming on can you tell everybody where they can find your book I mean because yeah. you also give it for free and tell them about your game and your yeah. podcast well first off the podcast positive head I've been doing for you know eight years going on nine years there's almost 2,000 episodes uh, anywhere that you find podcasts, search Positive Head, you'll find it. If you go to the positivehead.com website, I have this great game. I call it the game with the YOU universe, where you can, okay, universe, serve up the episode that I most need to hear at this time. And it's I've gotten so much fun feedback from that. And synchrony, it allows synchronicity to unfold, right? And okay. so that's something you can do at positivehead.com. But uh, the book, what I decided I wanted to do with The Golden Key, Modern Alchemy to Unlock Infinite Abundance, it's basically my 25 years of deep exploration of all of this stuff, the ultimate nature of reality, distilled into three hours to listen to, 100 pages to read. And I was like, you know, I want to allow people to gift it. You know, if you read the book and then if you want to pay something for it, you can. And then you can you can create your own free code that you can then gift to other people. If they pay something for it, then you get a piece of that. It's just like share the abundance, keep it for free. There is no expectation or requirement. It's just a, it's sort of an experiment in, you know, sharing, spreading the message. It's so, so. good too. It is so good. Aww, I mean, it's something you. that I really, really, truly aligned with. I don't think there was anything I wouldn't, I'm like reading it and I'd had no expectations. I'm like, wait, what did he, what, what? 
hold on a minute. I'm going to wait. I got to pay attention. Yeah, He's speaking yeah. to my soul right now. Yeah. So it's very good. I highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And if you go to goldenkey.gift, so, so if you go and you, and you use the code sense of soul, uh, you'll be able to get the audio or ebook as a gift uh, or both. Yeah. And now it's time to break that shit down. Break that shit down. I like it. So the thing that comes to mind, I, I think it's really important. I like to leave people with this a lot of times uh, when asked something similar is I think it's really, really important. This, this thing I touched on earlier, the comparison game. So many people, it's such a natural inclination for us to start comparing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm listening to this guy, Brandon, and oh, I, I couldn't do that. I, he's got this going for him. He, uh, of course, you know, whatever the story is, you know, we do that a lot of times, this comparison game. And it's like, what I think is so important for everyone listening to get, there has never been a soul more worthy of all the things, all the good life has to offer, there's never been a soul more worthy in all of time and space than you are. You are as worthy as they come for all the best that life has to offer. And it's time that you start telling that story. Don't use me or anyone as a reason to push it away. Actually use it as a reason to pull it in. Like, oh, I'm such a close vibrational reflection to this person thing I'm seeing on Instagram that, you know, mm -hmm. I wish I had more of that. It's actually appearing in my movie out of infinite things that could be in my field and vying for my precious attention. This is what I've attracted. And mm -hmm. I think making that little change to understand and, and really feel into the worthiness. You are perfectly imperfect. You with all your bumps and bruises and ugly spots, it, it, it's all divine because without it, you're exactly in the perfect spot to step into the next greatest and grandest version of yourself, perfectly mm -hmm. primed. And the end result of that, well, there is no end from one perspective. It's beautiful. It's like you don't dance to get to a certain place on the dance floor. You don't listen to a song to, for the last note. The journey is the goal and you're in the journey. And what you are journeying as is source, as Ram Dass said, everyone is God in drag. And that goes for you too. And so you are it. You are as divine as any other being ever has been, could be, or will be, and therefore as worthy as any other being. So congratulations, uh, anchor that in. <laughs> oh my God, that was fucking awesome. And I am so glad that you came on. This is just great. I think that you are such a gift yourself to everybody that listens to you. Thank you Very for good. saying so. And you yeah. know, we are both beautiful reflections of each other. And so thank you for doing the work that you do and being such a epic host and having me on. It's been wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll see you soon because I'll be coming on yours. In a yeah, I look, yeah. I look forward to yeah. that. That'll be fun. All awesome. right, Brandon. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. All right. See you soon. I would like to thank you and our special guests for being with me today. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. And visit my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com. That's mysenseofsoul.com. I hope that you will join me next time. Thanks for listening.